Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. All right, everybody. I am super excited to have another successfully unemployed show for you today. Now, this show, we are talking about how to basically leave that nine to five job and be successfully unemployed. And I bring on interview, I bring on an interview guest just like the one I have today. She is a fantastic businesswoman. She runs her family. She does so many great things. And I have on the show, Ariana Sylvester. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yay! Thank you so much for having me on. I am super excited to talk to you to get to know more about your business and what you do. Now, let's jump right into it. How do you (laughs) make money to provide for your family? Yeah, so I make money as part of a team, a partnership. Um, My husband, Tom, and I, who if you've listened to this podcast, you've already heard his version of the story. You're going to hear mine today. But we help other people figure out what business they want to start and grow to create the lifestyle that they want for themselves and their loved ones. So that is how we are making money right now through courses and group programs. Awesome. Now, the reason why I wanted to interview you guys separately is because you both have totally different personalities, which is fantastic. <laughs> and you guys see different things from different perspectives. And you guys have a different um, upbringing and background. And so you guys approach different issues or problems or solutions differently, which is a great way to go. Now, let's jump back to before you were successfully unemployed. You were a zoology major. Now, talk to us about that. Then fast forward to the transition to where you are now. Tell us about that whole process, because we are just ordinary people that are doing extraordinary things by not working a nine to five job. Most people work a nine to five. We're extraordinary now because we escaped that rat race. How did you get started and how did you end up to where you are now? Yeah. So I was, as 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 Tom would say, I was following the traditional path. Uh, I graduated high school and went to college and did what everyone says you should do, which is follow your passion. And at the time, my passion was very much so animals. I loved animals. I wanted to be working with animals. Um, I was very interested in all things animals. So I went to college for a zoology degree. Uh, which was a great idea in in retrospect because it was really cool. I got to do a lot of cool things. I interned at a zoo and got to do a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, but in retrospect, as I got to my senior year of college with this zoology degree, I kind of had like one of those freak out hyperventilating moments because I was starting to look at like, what is my real life going to look like? And I was like, oh crap, I don't actually know what I'm going to do with this thing because as as I interned at the zoo, that was one of the places where I thought like, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a zookeeper like that. I love that idea. It's not it was not actually a great plan for me because what I found out as I interned there was zookeeping jobs are very few and far between. Um, you mostly have to travel somewhere else to find one. Our local zoo, there had been people there working part-time for years waiting for a full-time zookeeping position to open. 
So that kind of dashed my dreams a little bit. And I was like, oh, maybe this is not going to work out the way I planned. Um, and the only other way to really use my zoology degree would have been to like go into research of some sort. And that just didn't, that didn't make me excited or fill me up with joy. And so I ended up working at an animal shelter because that was the next closest thing uh, for just above minimum wage and really like hard labor tasks because I was, I was working on the farm at the animal shelter. Working on the farm, going yep. from the zoo, being a zookeeper to working on the farm. And then you realize this is not something you want to do. And obviously getting married, you you and your husband are, was it high school sweethearts that you guys met? We were freshman year college. college so like it. the first week of freshman year, we met and <laughs> decided we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. That's awesome. So <laughs> Then transition to now, you as a couple have many businesses, everything from real estate to a convenience store, even commercial real estate on top of that. Um, you also have your coaching business. You also have um, courses and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. how, how did you go from there, from being a zoology major to then now where you actually can have all these other businesses? So you'll see my tiny person has just interrupted me to fix his YouTube video again. Um, so basically, I, as I was working at the animal shelter, um, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy the work that I was doing, but I actually got injured, uh, which kind of caused me to see like, oh, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I just got an injury that is going to just keep happening as I try to work this job. So I ended up moving into a office position as an administrative assistant because with a zoology degree, I didn't have a lot of experience to do a whole lot else, uh, but I was quick to pick up some of those tasks as an admin assistant. So I kind of moved into that space of this is where I'm going to be now. And I hopped around probably around three to four different admin assistant jobs over a couple year time span. Um, and I, I just kind of felt like I was floating and I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do or where I wanted to be. And um, I probably would have kept floating, except we decided that it was time to start a family. So I got pregnant and we had to have that conversation of, what are we going to do when the baby comes? Are we going to put our child in daycare? Am I going to stay home? Uh, I had never given a lot of thought to being a stay-at-home mom, but it kind of sounded nice. And okay, I'll try that. Well, we want to bond with our baby and and have that that option, that choice. So, um, in the meantime of all of that happening, Tom actually decided he was going to start a business. And I wanted nothing to do with it. I was really not on that whole entrepreneurial track. He had that epiphany himself. And I kind of was like, well, I don't really want to join you in that, but I guess I'm going to support you in it. So you do your thing and I'm going to keep doing my thing um, until I had seen he started to struggle with a lot of the back-end administrative tasks of running a real estate business. And so, and he was still working a full-time job. So I said, well, I don't really want to be a business owner. I don't want to be an entrepreneur per se, but I do want to support you. You're my husband. We're building a life together. So how can I help? How can I jump in and assist you in some way? So that was kind of where like the first step was taken into the entrepreneurship journey where I stepped into, I used to call myself the manager of the businesses. And that's kind of what I, I, I accepted that role and I didn't want to go any further. Um, so as we were kind of doing this thing, I was working and I was helping him on the side. Uh, we got pregnant and he decided that was time to start the second business. 
So as we were pregnant with our first child, he was launching a retail wine and liquor store. And again, working a full-time job, he found himself needing some assistance with doing some tasks on the back end and trying to figure out like, how are we going to raise a child and also run this new business that you just decided to start? Um, was where I stepped further into, okay, well, now I'm not just a manager. I'm not going to just manage this business. I'm also going to help you plan it and put this together, um, which was something I had never done before because, you know, most people don't just up and start a retail business. So as you can see, this is kind of like an evolution of me kind of stepping in to help with the businesses that Tom ran. And in Inside of that, I think kind of getting more in touch with this entrepreneurial side that I never had and never really thought about, uh, never really wanted as we had begun. But it's something that kind of teaches you that there is a different path. And I think over time, I had a little bit of the same epiphany that Tom had, that we could design our life differently and we could do things kind of the way that we wanted to instead of following that traditional path. So I have never had anybody, and I had Tom on the show, but he was he's such a great businessman. I want him to talk about all things business. I actually, since you just <laughs> brought up the wine and liquor store, I love that idea of actually, you know, you guys, because uh, you're married to Tom, you guys have systems in place, which are fantastic, but you didn't start there. You had to eventually get there. Talk to us a little bit about, let's, if we're going to start a convenience store, a liquor store, or just a retail establishment, let's start with the first thing. What should we do if we're going to be started? Because you're, you're different perspective than Tom. He probably just jumped right in. Maybe you would probably maybe have a different <laughs> perspective. How would we get started with a retail establishment? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is to just really dive in and do your research. I mean, look at what type of establishment you're going to start. If you're looking at a brick and mortar business, what can you see yourself doing? What do you have interest in? What does your location need, your local area? Um, because a lot of that's going to depend very much on where you are if you're going to start some sort of local offline business. Um, and then once you've kind of gotten the research into what you think you want to start, really looking at how is it possible for that business to run? Because a lot of small business owners that are, you know, location dependent, they have a, an actual store, um, they are working in the store most of the time. And when we looked at opening this retail wine and liquor store, that was something where we at right at the bat said, we don't want to be working there all the time. So if we can't figure out how to make this business model work without us being there 24-7 anytime we're open, you don't want to start. <coughs> Excuse me. We don't want to start that. So that was something we built in. So with... And I love that idea because I myself had a convenience store as well. We didn't actually get the wine and liquor. That was a whole nother step. I was like, oh man, let's just get started. And then we never got into it. But um, we had everything that you would think of. We even sold uh, pizza. Like we even had an oven and made pizzas inside there. Um, but the whole process of building a business like that, a brick and mortar business, there's, there's so much you need to do, especially if you do not want to work in the business, like I did not want to be an owner operator. Like you said, I did not want to be in the business day, to, day in and day out. I wanted to hire employees. I wanted to be a business owner, not a business runner. And so exactly. tell us about how do we make that? Well, we, we found a location. We know what we want to sell. It's going to fit really well with the area. Um, we found a location that looks pretty good and it might work. How do we then make it a fully functioning business that's going to, number one, 
get customers and the number two, be able to manage without you guys being there. Yeah. So a lot of this, I will put it out there um, just as a caveat. A lot of this was built over time. Like you said, when we first started, we didn't have all the systems in place, but we learned as we went. So we took anything that happened in the business that was, was like something that we had to rush to take care of or something that happened that we were kind of like, ooh, well, that wasn't very fun. Any kind of that stuff, we would take that and figure out a system to put in place so that that either didn't happen or the staff was trained on what to do when it happens. So they didn't need to call us every time there was that sort of like emergency. So obviously a big part of this is hiring good people. Um, so kind of putting that expectation out there of what you expect of your staff members that you're bringing in, um, bringing in the right type of people for the business that you have. If you're looking for people to grow into different positions within your business, like one of our employees, he was just regular old employee. He was a great fit for our for our store. And he actually ended up growing into a position with more responsibility. He is now our purchasing manager. So he's responsible for purchasing all of our wine and liquor. He's responsible for managing the store. He does the schedule. He inputs the time for the other staff members. Uh, he takes care of anything that kind of pops up throughout the day. If it's not something that needs our approval first. So just keep in mind, like you want to hire the right people and put in place the system so that those people can do the job that they need to do without having to come to you for every five seconds. Uh, we have standard operating procedures. So we have a binder that everybody gets trained on in the same way. Uh, we have communication. We've used technology in from the online space successfully in our offline business. We love Slack for our team communication. So everybody's aware of what's happening. If we need to get some information from them or make an announcement of some sort, we can make that on Slack and everybody can see it. Uh, and then if they have questions or need things from us, they can also get in touch with us there. Um, so that's one of the ways that we've loved putting technology in place for that offline business. And then really just over time, taking all of our processes and just improving, making little improvements each time we do something. So I, when we first opened, I used to do all of the ordering of our product, um, which Tom will tell you is hilarious because I don't actually drink that much wine or liquor. <laughs> But we were we were business owners that didn't we didn't have anybody else to do that. So we had to do it. And that was one of my tasks as a stay at home mom was managing the real estate business and the retail wine and liquor store. So I had to learn how to look at a report of all of our inventory and figure out what items we should order and go through the ordering process. And it took me hours every week. I was doing the same thing where over time we kind of looked at here's this employee who's really interested in all the wine and liquor. He's actually at the store. He's working there and he probably would do it better than me. So at one point we said, Hey, would you be interested in this? If we, if we train you on how to do it, if we give you the budget and spreadsheets and all that. And he said, sure, sure. I'll try that out. So that was an area where, you know, most business owners, if they're working in the business, they think they have to be doing everything all the time. But if you hire the right people and you put the right systems in place, you can actually delegate a lot of that stuff out. So that gives you space to be doing what you really want to be doing. If it's spending time with your family, maybe it's traveling. Uh, maybe you have, you're a serial entrepreneur like Tom and you want to start another business, but you can't do that if you're stuck working 
in your business 24 seven. Yeah, Tom and I are very, very much alike. And he and I are not happy unless we're building. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Something. You know, once we <laughs> build it and it's all built, we're like, huh, we're done. I got to do what? something else. Yeah, I got to I got to build something else. Absolutely. And so there was a time with like with Master Passive Income, it's uh, I teach people about how to invest in real estate and I love doing it, but everything's basically built. There's not a whole like, yeah. there's some things I can do, um, but it's not built like I now with building other businesses. It's so much fun. But what's great is with technology now. And I love what you talked about utilizing online technology software that's basically online for the online space, you're putting that to work in a practical or like a brick and mortar business. Now, before you had these technology, you would not be able to do this. Like, you know, back 50 years ago, before this, you would, it'd be so much more work to automate or to allow yes. people to do this work. So I love that idea of utilizing technology that's current today. And like I was, I was basically realizing that no time in the history of the world has it been so easy to start a business, to run a business and make it automatic. It's just absolutely amazing. Okay. So we get, we're getting an employee and one big thing, I hate babysitting. And so you've had this employee for, I remember I met Tom in 2017 and you've had this employee for a little longer than that, right? So they've mm -hmm. been around for a while. How do you make sure you find the right employee? 
Um, I think for us, it was really around everything that in our business was trainable. It Nobody had to come in with prior knowledge about how to do anything. It was more the feeling that we were looking for the people, the type of person we were looking for to come in and be, we call our employees part of the the WWS family. Um, our business is Warsaw Wanted Spirit. So it was really creating that that vibe of a collection of people who are just, who wanted to work there because it was a fun job. They enjoyed helping the customers coming in the store. Um, they get along well with Tom and I's personality and with the other staff members. So it was kind of really around cultivating that. And obviously we went through different iterations of people and, you know, staff members that we had have left us since then, but we've had two people who've been with us almost the entire time our store has been open. So it's kind of, we have like our matriarch, our, um, our, we call her Miss Mary, but she has been around since the week after we opened the store and she's our closest to full-time employee. So she runs all daytime hours at the store. And so she was really there just She's very interested in the details. She's always worried about making sure everything is running well and making sure everybody's aware of what's happening, um, just keeping people together, keeping people educated about what's happening, you know, other staff members. And then our purchasing manager, Tom, he actually was a happy accident, or I guess as Tom would probably say, a well-timed opportunity. Wait, wait, there's two Toms? Um, there's two Toms. Okay, yeah, I know it's clarify confusing that. <laughs> for everyone that works for us and that comes in the store because it's actually three Toms if you count Tom's father. And he owns a store in the neighboring town, a liquor store. So there's Big Tom, who owns the store in one town, and then my Tom, who owns the store in that town, and then our purchasing manager, Tom. <laughs> so I don't know how <laughs> that happened, but it did. Um, but he... He basically came in, him and his wife came in while we were having a tasting, a winery stopped in, they were holding a tasting just for us, but they came in, they were very interested and he was very interested in the store and it happened that Tom was there. So he got to meet him and like they hit it off right away and he was like, you know what, we're not looking for anybody right now, but you would be great to work here if you're interested. And he was like, yeah, sure. I would, I would love to come and work here. So we got him an application and don't, you know, about a week or two later, one of our employees put in his notice that he was going to be leaving us. And we were like, this is perfect. We can hire that guy. So I think it was just being aware of who we were looking for and making sure to kind of create those opportunities to hire the right people, putting it out there. Like here's what type of business we're running here's our overall mission. Here are kind of like our company values and making sure that you're pulling in the right people for that and not worrying about if they're qualified or skilled enough to come in and work that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right with when it comes to um, hiring people, you want to make sure they fit the the family, the people, like you said, the, um, you said WS Warsaw. WWS. WWS. Okay. Um, so you need to have people inside that fits the community or the family, the, the way that people gel together. And it's, it's really, really hard to do this. But if you need somebody to hire and you need to put them in a place, don't just grab the first warm body and say, okay, you, mm -hmm. you should do. Let's bring you in there. My take or my business model is hire slow but fire fast because 
I am not going to babysit you. If I'm going to babysit you, I'm going to put one of my kids in there. So you <laughs> need to be able to be, to fully function without me. But here's a great thing that you've done also, I think with, with Tom, the one, the employee inside your store, you give him the responsibility. You say, hey, this is your baby. You run with it. And I love that idea because what, what they get is they get buy-in. And I had with mm-hmm. my convenience store, I had, we went through a, a good amount of employees and it was rather a bummer having to babysit. But one employee, his name was Jimmy, and he was fantastic. He like this was his baby. He would say, he would tell me, "Hey, boss, I was over at Costco, and I saw that you know we sell these or we buy these for this price. They're selling them there for this price. We can get it cheaper and then sell it here." I'm like, "Awesome, let's do it, man!" So I'm like, <laughs> those types of ideas and seeing him wanting to order things like that, it was so great. And so I said, "Hey." You, just just like you guys, I said, would you like to take over this? And we'll train, I'll train you up. I'll help you to do it right. But then I already knew that this guy, as he was coming in, I knew that he would work well because our personalities meshed and I could see yeah. a little bit of um, drive. Now, yeah. what I also, another business rule of mine, I don't get into business with anybody that I don't get along with. And yeah. It could, it's probably just me, like my personality probably just rubs them wrong and they, they get mad, but whatever it is, like if we don't get along, we're not going to work together. And so that's another thing that I just make sure from now, that's something that I learned from my convenience store. If yes. I don't get along with somebody, it's probably not going to work out long-term. So let's go ahead and move on. Okay. So let's quickly jump into the idea of the back end. What was that back end type of stuff that you had to take over that needed to get done? Cause not a lot of people think we think get a, get a, a location put some bottles of wine in there, get a cash register, get employee. What else can we be missing? Uh, for us, it was a lot of like the paper trail. Um, we Tom had to go through a really, really exclusive, deep like background check because New York State is really strict with its liquor laws. Um, but while we were doing that, we didn't know how long it would take. So we kind of had to go and do all of this work, assuming we got approved so that if he did get approved, we could then go and open because we'd been waiting all this time. And we're, you know, we ha- we bought, we are very lucky that in our business, it was a real estate business. So we bought the building with the real estate business. So we already owned that, but we wanted to make use of that space and be able to start paying rent to the real estate business from this business. So we tried to do everything possible. We checked on insurance. We looked at how we were going to be ordering. We looked at where we were going to place things. We had to order shelves. We wanted to get employees kind of like set and ready, but we didn't have an open date. So it was kind of like, well, can we find anybody who might be a good fit and just kind of keep them, keep their applications on file and hope that they're still available when we eventually do open? Uh, A lot of it was figuring out how we were going to run the business when we didn't work there 24 seven. So, you know, I was going to be home with the baby. I was going to be in charge of the ordering. So how could we set up our system there um, that would enable me to get all the information I needed? So we ended up using Dropbox um, and we had a printer scanner and we set the folder that the scanner would save to in Dropbox. So anytime Miss Mary needed me to have information, we would have it scanned in and it would save automatically to our computer. So that allowed me to call her up and say, hey, I need you to run this report. Um, And she would save it and put it in the folder. I would immediately then have access to it to to do the work that I needed to do here from home. Um, We needed to get payroll in place. This was our first business where we were going to have actual employees uh, because our real estate business was was just with us. And um, I'm trying to think, there was a lot of like little detailed stuff that you wouldn't think about, but just like store appearance. How are we going to set things up? What is it going to look like? Um, 
kind of what are our policies around the store? What is the customer experience that we want to create here when people are coming in? Just so, so, so many things. How are we going to do the, the money, like the bank deposit and all that if we live in a different city from where our store is? Um, so yeah, a lot of the little detailed stuff that you normally wouldn't see in a business and you wouldn't think about if you weren't running one. Yeah, that's there are so many things in the back end. I mean, even just accounting for everything, just accounting alone is just ridiculous in order to yep. figure that out. And I am so excited that I got to talk to you about your perspective in the business. And like I have talked to Tom quite a bit extensively about his businesses, and I get his perspective. He's got a great perspective. But the reason why I think it's great because it's my I have the same similar perspective. Because <laughs> they match. We, yeah, we're, we're, we're two peas in a pod. Um, now. Getting your perspective is fantastic because we all have different perspectives. And that's why, so I, I want to bring out your book, Lifestyle Builders. You want to hold up your copy of it? So it looks right. There we go. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Lifestyle Builders. So mine's a little backwards in YouTube. But so Lifestyle Builders, it's fantastic because it has both of your perspectives as you're going through building businesses, solving problems, getting new things going on in the businesses. And that's what's fantastic is as you're working together, you're actually able to figure these things out. And what's what I love is as you're talking through the book, Lifestyle Builders, you are helping us to understand if you're working with somebody else to have different perspectives, that it's okay. Like no, yep. the other person's not wrong. It's just different. So we got to make sure we work it out to what's best for the entire business. Like my wife, she is fantastic at details. I am not. I'm big, like big picture. I am. <laughs> Why let, did it not surprise me? Because you're Tom Twins. He's just better looking. So, um, we're twins, but better look. He's better looking. But uh, in the book, what's great is you give the perspective. And what I can read is, man, oh, that's how my wife thinks? Okay, that helps me to to move forward and come to a, a not necessary agreement, but we work together rather than me thinking you're wrong. I'm right. That's not the right way to go. We need to work together. So I love the book. Now, from there, I want to jump into the rapid fire round. You ready? Okay. <laughs> All right. So the rapid fire round, we're going to be talking about broader questions, but you should be able to answer them. No problem. So the first question is, since you're not having to work, uh, you know, work at the animal shelter, working in a zoo, and you have a little more, you're not working 40 plus hours, 50 plus hours a week. How are you able to give back to your community to make the world a better place or anything like that to make things better around you for other people? Yeah. So I think one of my most favorite ways to give back to the community is I'm actually in a women's community chorus. Um, and I love being able to use my voice and something that I enjoy doing to create joy for other people. Um, we sing at different events around here locally, uh, and then we have a concert as well. And I think just that um, that contribution just really makes me feel joyful, and it gives me some space away from the business. That's fantastic. I love it. Now, if you were going to give somebody, let's say a wife, you're going to give a wife a um, helping hand to understand the process of somebody who is an entrepreneur, like they're married to an entrepreneur that wants to build businesses or just somebody that's saying, you know what, I'm tired of working a J-O-B, a just overbroke job. I want to be successful and employed. What tips would you give somebody either starting a business or helping somebody out? What tips would you give to somebody getting started? I think really... Stepping back um, from some of your perceived assumptions 
about what that person is thinking or what they're going through and just really trying to understand at at the deeper level, like why this is so important to them. Um, Because I know it can be scary because talking about entrepreneurship, talking about starting your own business seems like a very risky thing. And those of us that are more risk averse, that's the last thing we want to do is jump into something that seems risky or that seems like it's going to cost you a lot of money or a lot of time and it's going to take you away from your family just to kind of put your own your own perceptions of what's happening on hold and ask and seek to understand. I love that. And I want to touch you did literally just said those two those few words. Ask and then seek to understand. Because usually I don't even ask number one, and then I just don't care to understand. So I just keep going. So I <laughs> need to implement that in my life is definitely ask so I get a different perspective or the other person or my wife's perspective, but then seek to understand why they feel that way. And then also if, even the how, like how are you getting to that um, assumption or that understanding? And it could be something that we need to actually dive into. So love that. Now, if we were to have a tool a um, an app or a journal or something that we can utilize in our life that's that's um, a tool what would you suggest we use i gotta go with my all-time fave is google calendar that's pretty much how we live around here it's free (laughs) it's one of google's best products i think in my opinion Um, We've been able to use it to create a lot of clarity around our own life and our priorities. If it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. And um, just obviously with owning multiple businesses and having kids and having life in general, um, it's really helped us to create our system that works for us of, you know, how, who's taking care of what and who's going to be where and really making sure that we're prioritizing family time over the business because obviously as you get excited to start your business and grow your business it's really easy to prioritize that Um, but google calendar really helps me remember what it's all about we put the family stuff on first i'm gonna need you to talk to my wife because she's a physical calendar if it's not on the paper calendar like she'll say (laughs) hey babe we have this you know somebody texted me and we were gonna go to dinner over there She'll say, can you write it on the calendar? Like, I just put it in my phone calendar. Why do I have to write it on a paper? Anyways, that's (laughs) okay. So from there, what advice would you give your younger self? Like 12, 13, 14 years old. It could be, you know, possibly don't go into zoology, but is there a big principle, a big principle, a key point that you would want yourself to know to be where you are now? I'm not going to say don't go into zoology because if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have met my husband. But I'm going to say be less afraid of failure and stop worrying about other people's expectations of you. Those are brilliant. I completely, well, quickly expand on, don't be afraid of failure. What does that mean? Um, I think I was one of those kids growing up who I was always well-behaved. I always did what I was told. I excelled at anything that I tried to do. So I was, you know, I was a three-sport athlete. I was in the musicals. I was friends with a lot of people in school. I had straight A's. So I, I had these high expectations held of me from my parents and just even from myself, I think that was sort of my personality. I was I was a, a contributor. I was a helper. I wanted to be useful, um, but I didn't fail very often. And because of that, it really set me up for some hard times later on in life because I didn't get to fail small, which did not, it did not help me 
prepare to fail big, which happens a lot when you become an entrepreneur. So I think really just having, I I wish I had somebody who had pushed me to do things that maybe I wasn't so good at or pushed me to do things that had that chance of failure. Uh, because even as an athlete, like, yeah, sure, I failed as an athlete, but it wasn't it wasn't something that created a hardship in my life to be able to learn how to get past that failure and take the lesson from the other side. I think it's a great idea. I love that. I, I love because when you fail, you learn. That's the biggest thing. I know if you do something well and you actually win, you do learn a little bit, but it does like if you work really with your tail off and then you fail and you lose, it's like this is why I lost. And it really, for me, it sticks in my brain. So I love that. That's fantastic. Okay. So the last question, other than the Lifestyle Builders book, what is, because I, I, we're going to put a link to the Lifestyle Builders book inside the show notes. What is one nonfiction book that you would suggest that we should read to become successfully unemployed? Ooh, that's a good one. See, I do not actually read that many books. Um, I, I love to read for pleasure. So reading for for education purposes and for entrepreneurship. I'm just like, yeah, maybe not. But I have started to read more. And I will say there's not a specific book, but I recently have fallen in love with Brene Brown. Because as we just talked about, a lot of that perfectionism, that failure, those outside expectations, those were things that I grew up with and kind of had set in my mind and overcoming and reframing some of that stuff, like doing the inner work has been really difficult. And she was somebody who I just, she just makes a lot of sense. She makes it very simple and factual. And it just was really, it was really resonating with me as I read her, one of her books. I think I read Dare to Lead first. Um, and so that that's on my to-do list is to read more of the Brene Brown books, but I watched her special on Netflix and it just really spoke to me. I was like, Hey, I think I might actually have some, some nonfiction books that I want to read now. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to have to put that in show notes. I've never heard of that, but I, I know. Oh, so good. Yeah. Most people that I interview, they give us a business book, which is great. This is fantastic to help us work on ourselves because, you know, when it really comes down to, if we're better ourselves, like we are better at helping other people, serving other people, then we get better in business. So I love that. Well, Ariana, it's been fantastic having you on the show. I want to make sure everybody can reach out to you if they, if they need to, and they want to, how can they do that? Yeah. So the easiest way is you can find us everywhere on the internet at Tom and Ariana. That's our, our handle for whatever social media platform you're on. Um, but easiest way to find us is to go to our website. We are lifestylebuilders.com. Awesome. Ariana Sylvester, thank you so much for being here on the show with us. And thank you so much for having me on. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. 
Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. So you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.